Very good to see you. Thank you for uh, being here tonight. Let me go ahead and encourage you to be opening your Bibles to uh, what is one of the most well-known, most well-beloved passages in all of Scripture, uh, the 23rd Psalm. We've covered a lot of territory together on Sunday nights in recent weeks as we have uh, studied various names of God, looking for the things that He is revealing to us about who He is. Uh, we've seen that God reveals Himself as the Almighty, the one who is infinite in power, the one who can do anything that can be done, whether it is speaking the world into existence, causing kingdoms to rise or fall, or save souls. He can do anything that can be done, the Almighty. The Lord, the one before whom we bow, the one to whom we give all allegiance, the one who heals, the banner of victory, the one who brings peace. Even most recently, we're talking about our King. We've covered a lot of different things. We've seen names that God reveals that, that give us hope and that inspire uh, devotion and love. Other names that God reveals about Himself that cause us to be afraid, causes us to take note, causes us to, to be introspective and, and consider who we are. And so tonight we think of what's going to be the, the very last name that we look at. There's numerous more names we could look at, but tonight we'll, we'll end the study of, of these names of God. We're going to draw it to a close here. And so let me ask you this question. What is it that, let's see, Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David. What do all those men have in common? They are all shepherds. Um, again, that's not an exhaustive list of men in Scripture who were shepherds, but all those men, guys that you think of all the time, think of Bible heroes, Bible patriarchs, Bible characters, all those guys we just listed were shepherds. It was such an important role such a necessary role to be filled in ancient Israel. And so whenever a shepherd was spoken of in these situations, in these times, when, when Jesus would speak of what a shepherd does, when the prophets before Jesus would come along and, and to their audience would talk of what a shepherd is and what a shepherd does and, and compare a shepherd to God, those people would easily have identified. All of our favorite people are shepherds. So many people in our family are shepherds. We know about shepherds. But for us, all these years later, we know about a lot of things. Maybe even know a lot about agricultural type things. But we probably don't know just too much about being shepherds, except for what we know about when we learn and study Scripture. And so... We need to have another time where we, where we come back to this place and we think about the shepherd. So as we come to a close of this, this particular study, we're ending with you know, what is, I guess, the most familiar of all names. Now you may not know the, the Hebrew terminology, Yahweh Roi, but that just means this, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's a term that's used lots of times, not just in the 23rd Psalm. 
It's used quite a bit through Scripture, and I think that in the, just a couple of minutes, the few short minutes that we spend together tonight, you're going to see, and again, just going to hit the hem of the garment, just look at a, a tiny bit from the Old Testament, a tiny bit from the New Testament about the times that the Lord is referred to as a shepherd. We could, we could multiply it by, by 10. But you're going to see that the Bible continually, routinely refers to God as a shepherd to teach us about who he is, what he's like, and what he expects of us. Knowing this, we, here's, let's just set this one baseline before we read together and think together. The work of the shepherd. Again, I have to emphasize this because it's just not second nature. We could mention other occupations and most of us would know what we're talking about. With the shepherd, we know, here's, here's what we know. Dangerous. It was dangerous to be a shepherd. We know about dangerous jobs today. Shepherd was a dangerous job. You'd be out in places that the location might be dangerous, dealing with wild animals. It was dangerous. So it was the kind of job that it wasn't glamorous. You didn't give it, the job of shepherd didn't go to um, the first in the class or the firstborn son. Shepherd went to the youngest son like David or to hired hands to come in and do it because it was dangerous and it was lonely to find places for your sheep to find pasture and to graze. You oftentimes had to be way out away from all the other people. And that also lent itself to being dangerous when you're alone, there's strength in numbers. And so being alone, it's you. So it's dangerous, it's lonely, it's hard, hard work, thankless work, demanding work, 24-7 kind of work. You were obligated to be with and watch, have eyes on those sheep, no matter what the weather was, day, night, rain, snow, whatever it might be, you had to be watching those sheep all the time. It was a rough job, but the sheep need a shepherd. And so that's part of the reason why so often in Scripture, you and I are referred to as sheep. We need a shepherd. And thankfully, there is one who's willing to do this demanding, thankless job and watch over our souls. The way we're going to look at this is we're going to divide the role of the shepherd into, into four groups, four major tasks. Um, there was a book uh, called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. And so a man who is intimately familiar with what it is to be a shepherd looks at this text and says, here's what I think of as a shepherd looking at this book. And so I, we're going to use that to, to give these categories of what a shepherd should do and then look at the way that the Lord fulfills this role so perfectly. So let's read the text together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. So there it is. Yahweh Rohi. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then shifting imagery here from shepherd to banquet host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Truly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So just thinking about and concentrating on those first four verses specifically, we see at least four different things that the shepherd does. Four different things that the shepherd does that makes him praiseworthy from the perspective of the sheep. So here's the first thing, looking there in verse 2. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And here's the thing. 
So he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. So the first thing that the shepherd does is he's the one that provides a place of rest. Isn't that the best imagery? He allows me to lie down in green pastures. I mean, the, the language is vivid. It feels almost like saying anything about it takes away from it. But I want you to have that imagery in your mind. What do you have to be feeling like? What must be your, your mindset and your heart set, your disposition? If you're just going to lie down in a green pasture, well, it may be that you're tired, and so you just lie down where you are. But I would, I would suggest it's certainly that you don't feel scared. If you're running for your life, you don't just lie down. A green pasture, he causes me to, to lie down in the green pasture, and he leads me to where there's that perfect sound, the most restful sound in the world, the gentle brook. If you're anything at all like me, you like sitting in places where you can hear some water running, whether it's a sprinkler or something restful about that. Water running in a, on a waterfall, or a, a trickle from a stream. That sound that Almighty God created for us is so special, and it causes you to just go, <sighs> it's so nice. And it says here that that's what the Lord does. That's what this shepherd does. He provides us and puts us in a place, a mindset and a heart set, where you're able to be at rest and peace. And we're a kind of people who need that desperately. We crave peace. We crave rest. And yet we cannot find it on our own. It was mentioned, Terry mentioned this just a moment ago in his prayer. And I thought, as, as he was saying it, I thought, how appropriate, Lord, how perfect for him to say in his prayer that we are searching for rest and peace and we remain restless until we rest in you, Lord. Because when we trust ourselves or when we trust others, we're going to stay restless. When we trust ourselves or we trust others, we're going to stay unsatisfied. When we trust ourselves or trust others, we're going to stay unfulfilled. It's only finding rest and peace in God. Paul would write in Philippians chapter 4 that it's the Lord who, who provides a, a peace that passes understanding. In other words, it's the kind of peace that I can't dream up on my own, that I can't coordinate on my own, it can only be provided by God. Keller, the guy who wrote A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, said that when he was talking about this part of the shepherd giving his sheep rest, he said that in his ex experience, sheep need four things to lie down. Because that's what this text here says, right? He causes me to lie down. I'm the sheep, and the shepherd causes me to lie down in the green pastures. Keller says the sheep have to have four things before they'll lie down. They, otherwise, they won't do it. Number one, they need to be free from fear. So if they're scared of what might be going on in their surroundings, they won't lie down. They need to be free from, from fiction. Evidently, even sheep fight. Well, so do we. But the sheep won't lie down unless there's, there's friction-free. Also, the sheep won't lie down if there's pests, like maybe flies or ticks or whatever those kinds of things may be uh, causing them to be infected and annoyed. They won't lie down. And then fourthly and finally, they won't lie down if they're hungry. So the shepherd has to take care of all those things. Feed them, get rid of the pests, 
pacify them, make sure they're not fighting, and make sure they're in a place where they're not scared. And if the shepherd provides all of those things for the sheep, they'll lie down in the green pastures. So I think you can very easily see the connection, the coordination, to connect the dots. What does the Lord do for us? Well, Jesus said things, I feed you. I'm the one who uh, offers you bread and of life and the water that can't be quenched. Jesus is the one who causes peace, allows us to be at peace with each other and with God. Jesus is the one who causes us to not fear things like death or other men. That's Hebrews chapter 2. Because of what Christ has done, we don't fear death. Jesus would say in the Gospels that we don't have to fear other men. What can man do to me if I'm with God? And so the Lord, our shepherd, takes care of all of those things. I don't fear man. I don't fear death. I'm not annoyed by the pests of life. I'm not hungry. I'm satisfied in all these different ways. And so because I know Jesus, I don't fear these things. I don't worry about these things. I'm not anxious about these things. I can lie down. And I can enjoy the sound of the, of the gentle brook. The peaceful, easy waters as they go by. Only the shepherd offers that. Jesus promised rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus promised to fill and satisfy, John 6, 35. But go with me to Revelation chapter 7. I think this is the ultimate passage that connects Jesus as shepherd who provides rest, peace, the things that we need. Read with me, beginning in the middle of verse 14. Revelation 7, the beginning of the middle of verse 14. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So there's that imagery. The ones who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It says that therefore they are brought before the throne of God. They serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Now remember that lamb who just offered his blood that causes them to be cleansed and made pure and made whole. The lamb in the midst of the throne turns the tables. And that lamb who sacrificed his blood for them, the lamb becomes the shepherd. And that shepherd will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. If that's not an image of peace and rest, I don't know what is. Brought to springs of living water and all need for, for crying and pain removed. That's rest. And that's what the shepherd does. So number one, the shepherd provides rest for his sheep. That's what we read in Psalm 23. You cause me to lie down in green pastures and you lead me right up to those gentle streams that just soothe the soul. Thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. Secondly, the shepherd not only provides rest, but we see here in Psalm 23 that the shepherd is the one who gives life. Now note this. Here's, here's the plea from the sheep to the shepherd. This is verse 3. This is the, the claim, the praise from the sheep to the shepherd. He restores my soul. Do you know what it means to say that this individual, this shepherd, restores the soul. What do, you, what do you think that means? When you read that line, the line you've read like 20 billion times in your life, what, what does that mean? 
Not only does he lead me to gentle waters, but he restores my soul. Maybe think of it this way. Not just restore the soul, but how about this? He renews my strength. Whenever I am one who is beaten down and whipped and at the very end, where do I get the infusion of energy? Where do I get the strength? Where do I get the wind to pick me up and move me on? It's from Him. It's the shepherd who restores and revitalizes, revitalizes, replenishes, re-energizes. He's the one who renews my strength. When I am perishing, when I am dying, when I am at the very end, He rescues. He's the one who gives hope to those who just know that they're finished. When's the last time that that's where you were? You know you're finished. You know of your own accord, of your own genius, of your own strength, you're done. You can't fix it, but the shepherd can. He restores the soul. He revitalizes, I can't say that word. He revitalizes the life. He renews the strength. Jesus is the one who gives life to the world. John 6, 33, John 10, 10. He came to bring life and that we might have it, not just regular old plain, sorry life, but abundant life. And it's Jesus who gives life to the dead. Ephesians 2, 5. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but the Lord Jesus, by grace through faith, He makes us alive. I want you to go with me to the book of Ezekiel. And notice here, Ezekiel 34, there's, there's a few lines here about the Lord being a shepherd and being one who finds and gives life to those who need it. Ezekiel 34, look at verse 14 with me. Ezekiel 34, 14. This is what the, the shepherd says. This is what the Lord says as he describes himself as a shepherd. Listen, I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down. And this is what is declared by the Lord God. God says, I'm the shepherd. God says, you're my sheep. First part of 16. I will seek the lost. I'll bring back the strayed. I'll bind up the injured, and I'll strengthen the weak. When there are those who need to be restored, when there are those who need their strength renewed, the shepherd says, that's my job, and I do it. And so that's why the sheep praises him in Psalm 23. The shepherd restores my soul. He gives me life. Then thirdly, also from Psalm 23, also in verse 3. Not only does He give peace, not only does He give life, but He also offers guidance. Look at this. He restores my soul is the first part of verse 3, but then Psalm 23, 3 continues this way. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He offers me guidance when I don't know which direction to go, when I know there's so many choices, so many options it's the Lord who says, this is the way. Remember, this is what Jesus would say to himself in John 14, 6. I'm the way. I'm the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father. You want to see the Father? You got to come through me. 
That's why Jesus calls himself in John chapter 10 in the passage talking about being a shepherd to sheep. He says, I'm the door. If you want to make it into life, you want to make it into green pastures, you want to make it into the presence of the Father, you come through me. Without coming through me, without my guidance, without my direction, you don't see the Father. So many of us stand scratching our heads. Which direction? What do I do next? Where do I go next? The Lord says, I have the answer. I'm the one who tells you. I'm the one who leads you. I'm the one who directs you. In Proverbs chapter 3, one of those well-known passages about lean not, trust not thyself. Lean not on my own understanding. But instead, do what? Trust the Lord. Lean on Him. He's the one who guides directions. He's the one who leads you on certain paths. It's He that gives us the guidance. Go over to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. To emphasize this point of the shepherd being the one who offers guidance, look at Isaiah 40. Let's read a couple of passages here. Isaiah 40, look at verse 10. Isaiah 40, 10. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He'll gather the lambs in his arms. He'll carry them in his bosom. And then note this, and gently lead those that are with young. He's the one who guides. He's the one who leads. He's the one we follow. And so the writer of Hebrews would put it this way. Go all the way over to Hebrews 13. Toward the end of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, let's read beginning in verse 20. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, but listen to what they call Jesus here. Our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. By the blood of the eternal covenant, so may this God who raised Jesus, may this God who raised Jesus our shepherd, may this God equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, in whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to focus especially on this fact that he says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus is called our good shepherd. But it says this, may God equip you with what you need to do his will. He offers, He shows, He gives all of the things that we need. He offers guidance right into His very throne room. He offers guidance right into His very presence. It's not His desire that, that many be lost. It's His desire that all would come to repentance and know the truth. It's His desire that all would come and be before Him and bow before Him and love Him. And so the shepherd offers guidance so that together we can be in His presence. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His glory, for His name's sake. And that brings us to the last thing. Not only does He offer peace and life and guidance, but it's the shepherd who provides safety. The shepherd provides safety for the sheep. Look at verse 4. Psalm 23, 4. You know it this way. Yea, though I walk through the valley... 
The ESV says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? That seems a little silly. Walking through in a scary place, you should probably be afraid. Why aren't you afraid? Because the shepherd's with me. And the shepherd has his rod. And the shepherd has his staff. And because he is who he is, and he has what he has, and he's doing what he's doing, I'm comforted. So I'm not afraid. Because I know he provides the safety that I need. Being safe and secure. I want you to note this. This is what this lesson teaches. In Psalm 23, verse 4, this verse teaches us it's not about where we are. It's not about where we are. Being safe and being secure has less to do with our environment and the things that surround us and more to do with the company we keep. Let me say that one more time. Being safe has less to do with our environment and more to do with who we're with. Recently, I heard, uh, uh, you know, I like to hear football stories and baseball stories and these kinds of things and hearing coaches talk about their players. I'm always inspired by those things, even though it's been about a thousand years since I've played anything. And so I love it whenever I hear this one coach, he said, he was talking about one of his, uh, this, is a particular, this is a wide receiver coach. So his job at this major university is just coach the wide receivers. He doesn't worry about the offensive line or the defensive line, he coaches the wide receivers. And he was talking about this one wide receiver in particular who's not very tall, not all that fast, but he was super reliable. And this coach said of this wide receiver, this guy is so trustworthy, and this guy is so strong, and this guy is so smart. Here's the way he complimented him. I would walk with this guy down any dark alley in Dallas. I'd walk with this guy down any dark alley in Dallas. Now to you, you might be thinking, that's kind of a silly thing to say. But you know what he's trying to, co to convey? You know the idea, the sentiment? I can count on this guy not to run away. If we get in a scrape, this guy will be there. If we get in a scrape, this guy's strong. If we get in a scrape, this guy's not afraid. He's tough. He's smart. He'll deal with the challenge. So I'd walk with him down a dark alley, even in Dallas. Made me fired up. Let's go. Let's run through a brick wall for this guy. But that's what the Bible says about this shepherd of ours to the nth degree. If we walk with the shepherd, we can feel safe and secure in the face of anything. If we walk with the shepherd, we can walk safe even into the face of death. Because that's what so many are afraid of. I don't want to pillow my head tonight and not wake up. I'm afraid of what's on the other side. Those who walk with the shepherd say, I'm not afraid of death because I know he will see me through. I know the promises he's made. I know that what he has done for me continues to be the case. Bring it on. I walk with him with confidence because I walk with him. I want you to see what Jesus said about himself in John chapter 10. As we get ready to draw this to a close, go to John 10. John 10, let's start reading together at verse 11. John 10, 11. John chapter 10, verse 11. This is what Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And so the wolf snatches them and scatters them. 
He flees, that hired hand flees because he's just a hired hand. And he cares nothing about the sheep. He was in it just for a paycheck. Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they'll listen to my voice. So there'll be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. Now that's the one we walk with. The one who says, I know very well what the danger is, but I also know very well I'm the one who provides the safety. I lay down my life for the sheep. I provide life for them. They live in me. He provides the only safety we need and can know. Peter would write in 1 Peter 5, 4 that when the chief shepherd appears, we'll receive the unfading crown of glory. In other words, this shepherd of ours provides that which is everlasting life. He provides safety, eternal safety. Now that's about as good as it gets as far as I'm concerned. If you're searching for peace, if you need someone to guide you, if you need someone to restore your soul, if you need someone to provide safety for you, as sheep who are so easily scattered and so easily lost and so easily duped, we need a shepherd that we can trust and a shepherd that can rescue us. Praise the Lord. Jesus the Christ is our chief shepherd, the one who leads, provides, and protects. If we can encourage you or help you in any way, we want you to come to know 